that is the Gold Cup hero. Two of the most admirable chasers you could possibly wish to see. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Race Hour podcast put to you with our friends at bookmakers.co.uk and of course the tote.co.uk all the way through the national hunt season. Uh, racing is uh, suffering from sub-zero temperatures around the place uh, but there, you know, there's plenty still to talk about. A little bit happened at the weekend and a bit more uh, hopefully to come this weekend and we'll also have a bit of fun on this week's Race Hour podcast. More about that in a second. Dermot Nolan is here. Hello Dino, how are you buddy? Yep, all good demo. I'm keeping warm enough. Are you surviving? <laughs> just about, Dean, just about, Jamie. Here, here in Wicklow, and it's absolutely Baltic, but look, we are it. Well for you. Well for you. Um, Darren Hughes is back. Darren, how are you? I am back. Uh, yeah, it's not just racing that's suffering with the sub zero temperatures. I am a warm blooded creature, and this sort of climate does not suit me, uh, but I am struggling on just about. Warm blooded, Darren. I never, you know, yeah, fair enough. I'll take that. You are warm-blooded. Um, we've got a debutant on the podcast this week. Uh, we've been trying to get him on for a while. Some people may know him. He's uh, he's obviously a racing aficionado, but I'm going to introduce him to everyone. It's Gary Connolly. Gary, how are you? All, all good, Dino. And thanks for having me on. Looking forward to um, listening to a long while, so it's good to get involved at last. Sure, you're one of the few that do catch up with us most weeks and uh, and to get you on. So, uh, yeah, pleasure to have you, pleasure to have you. On this week's Race Hour podcast, we are going to um, do a very quick review of uh, the, the few equine animals that did make out onto the racetrack over the last seven days or so. Obviously, we missed a lot of good racing, and I don't even think the UK are going to be rescheduling a lot of that, which is a big shame. But Ireland managed to get underway with it, with some action at Cork, of course, and we'll talk about a few of the runners from there. But we also, Dermo put out a question on Twitter on the Race Hour about some of the best rides we've ever seen at the Cheltenham Festival. There could be many in here that you'd expect. There might be a few that you don't expect. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about that as well uh, before we take a... Um, uh, a kind of mid podcast break on here and then after that given that oh, who knows when the race will be back and in full flow uh, we're going to look at the novice hurdle division for Cheltenham so of course that will span the Supreme the Ballymore and the Albert Bartlett and uh, anything else in between and uh, I might also throw as we've got Darren and, and Gary on here and haven't been on um, for a bit and of course Gary's making his debut we'll have a quick uh, look at the novice chasers and we'll, we'll do another podcast this week should racing be back in action towards the weekend let's catch up with what happened at the weekend first um, I was going to start with Inerjamin and do you know what I mean everyone's talking about this horse being um, the, the anointed one did of course win a champion chase subpar champion chase I'd have to say I didn't like the jumping performance at all at Cork am I going bonkers Dermot Nolan uh, yeah just was a little bit. I think the uh, the performance was fine. It was a nutting race at all. Fine, fine is fine. And yeah. fine. Uh, I think they were the Paul Towner was more interested in keeping a a lid on everything than anything else. I thought it, it was an absolutely fine performance. And this horse's jumping is has never been something that it's he's lacked. So I don't see I don't see any issue at all, unless you're really looking for one. To be honest, I just wasn't that blown away by it. I just thought it was a bit you know a bit average. Average. Went and beat a couple of bad horses, as you would expect. And um, yeah, fair enough. And mean rock your boat, Darren? Yeah, Grant. Yeah, fine. It's sort of the, I think, the, the general consensus. Um, I jumped fine. Um, I could I could see him improving. He had to do his own donkey work, which, fair enough, he's done before. But I think... Um, That's what he does. 
Yeah, he won a championship chase differently last year. I think the plan, the plan going forward was not to have to do that with him again. But uh, yeah, fine. As in, look, nothing to write home about. Uh, not sure how many jiggers, how many jiggers are in behind him. But um, yeah, fine. Fair enough. Um, Gary, it's one of those races that Willie Mullins just sends, you know, a horse along to and no one else bothers. And then Erjamin just went out and had a hat canter. Yeah. Um, following the lads, fine. Satisfactory, I would say. Um, good good pipe opener for him. Um, there's, there's plenty bigger bigger assignments further down the line. So nice nice and easy for him. Jumped okay. Um, obviously, it was an egg and spoon race. That's what it usually is. Uh, but yeah, you'd be happy enough with it and then sets his sights higher next time. Hopefully get gets a, a decent test then. Yeah, the Hillyway is no King Tingle Creek, you have to put it that way. But it is a race that he uses as the stepping stone for all of these uh, these horses. And uh, an when I did it, nine to one on, of course. <laughs> okay. All right, uh, Demo, let's talk about one that I thought actually did um, kind of set the racing scene alight a little bit, as we expected that it might, thanks to Brian Hayes, of course, on bookmakers.co.uk. And uh, we've talked about Impervious plenty of times. But um, she was very good, I thought, in the Grade 2 Novice Chase at Cork. I thought she was brilliant, mostly because Dino Blue's jumping was a sight to behold. Um, I mm. thought Dino Blue, after the first fence, I thought, oh, you know, because Dino Blue skipped and went, and Impervious looked small bit and bothered the first first fence or two, but then she warmed up, her jumping was brilliant. This looked like a senior chase rather than a, a novice chase. The, yep. With the front two, their, their jumping was extraordinary. Uh, Brian Hayes said himself on Racing TV afterwards that he thought he was beating three out and then all of a sudden he just came up alongside and she really responded to him. And then the jump at the last, God, she was crazy long. Um, they were probably lucky enough to to get over that fence. But to overcome what she overcame and to win them with authority at the end, I sound like a, I was like Cartman there in South Park. But the, uh, she um, to win there with that authority at the end was absolutely brilliant, I thought. Um, and yeah, Dean, like we, we were not about her for, for Mayor's Chase. You particularly last week put her into your your lucky 15. She's seven to yep. one or so now for yep. a Mayor's Chase. She'd probably be that price in the day, really, because we'll have, have more come out like Allegory Devassi and Ellie May and horses like that. But God, I thought she was absolutely fantastic. And great to see Colin Murphy with a good one and great to see... Brian Hayes with a good one, who also deserves massive praise because I thought he could have easily panicked could have easily went after the mare sooner, but he let her find her legs. And that's his first winner for a while, so he deserves more praise than usual for that because, you know, he might have been desperate for a winner. So, yeah, gold star all around. And I really, really like her then. Yeah, I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan. I thought a run at Cheltenham at the, at the festival last year was much better than it ended up being. She just kind of went maybe a, a bit over the top, but kind of just wandered around towards the end of a long season. And, what I really thought was that Brian must have been super confident the way he let Dino Blue have the rope that he did. But um, actually, that well, his comments there that you've just uh, enlightened me to on Racing TV was actually thought it was going wrong. But uh, no, she's a good man. To go and do that and then, as you say, win with that authority at the end, I was very impressed. We saw the Mayor's uh, Chase winner there, Gary, I think. Yeah, most definitely. I'd be in total agreement there. Um, I just can't understand how she's not favourite for the race on the back of it. Um, if she was trained in Clant Sutton with the, the pink and green, you, you'd be sure she'd be half the price she is now. Um, Agreed. Uh, definitely lovely performance. Um, the, the second is no more. Even the third is a decent enough mare in her own yeah. right. But um, she 
didn't do a lot wrong for me. Showed a lovely attitude and um, yeah, she's the one to beat come March for me. Yeah, definitely. They'll get a little bit more experience and they won't do as much as they did last year because I think they realise that they maybe left a, a big tilt at Cheltenham on their, their on previous efforts. Darren, what did you think? Yeah, um, I know they strongly fancied her for that mare's novice last year. And she really, did. Yeah, she, she quite disappointed them. Uh, not this one, because she still ran all right, but I think they were expecting a much bigger run than they ended up getting. So I think that's uh, an accurate synopsis. Yeah, look, she's very good. I uh, thought she was beat myself. It can be very, very hard to make up lengths in that cork straight. Um, a lot of the time it's a very flat track and you know they don't always come back to you. So for her to be able to go up and pick up Dino, Dino Blue, who did absolutely less than nothing wrong herself, uh, thought it was very very impressive. Um, yeah, I I'd be a big fan of this mare going forward. Now I think she I think she's very good. Super. You know, it was a little bit quicker than Energimine as well. Just for the. I don't mind that too much. Uh, times and times and jump race. Times and jump race, and you know they're kind of. I wouldn't pass too much remarks. You know, if it's a very fast time, fair enough. But a slow time wouldn't necessarily worry me a lot of the time because just there's so much of it depends on how the races run. I just threw it at you, Darren, because I know you crib it. What did you like about the uh, the the other races on the on that card? Anything stand out? Um, yeah, I suppose going back to the weekend in full. Um, look, these two, you, you you wouldn't need to be an expert to realise that they, they performed pretty well. Arctic Bresnel was good and Hidden Valley Lake. Uh, I thought going back to Friday at Cheltenham, I thought Sam Twist and Davies was very, very poor and Mr. Chewy. Um, yeah, you know, yeah, I thought that wasn't great. Like, he'd come there swinging and then to miss the last. Same thing as he did at Ascot, though he ended up on the floor in Ascot. That horse should have a couple of wins to his name, and instead he has a fall and a and a two. Now the fall wasn't necessarily Sam's fault, to be fair, but um, yeah, I thought that was I thought he'd like that back. I'd say the winner is okay uh, in the Altior colours. Attica, funnily enough, actually distantly related to Altior as well, I think. But um, yeah, I thought that was a ride of note. That that, that really wasn't great. I'd say Mister Chewy will be picking up a good race sooner rather than later. Yeah, definitely. They were very, very confident. In fact, I was surprised they didn't go a favourite in that race. And then the, the front two there are probably smart enough, Attica and, Mr. and Master Chewy for sure. Um, anything you wanted to pick out, Gary, from the weekend that we haven't talked about? Yeah, a couple caught my eye there down in Cork. Um, I'd look at the second race on the card, the Maiden Hurdle, won by Arctic Brezel. Um, very impressive winner, beat Mercury of Mullins. But um, I think this race is going to throw up a shed load of winners. Um, Give my love to Rose, Carlos Big Jim, maybe two, but the the one that really stands out is uh, Carter Halle, um for Colin Murphy. Um, I think that's how it's pronounced anyway. Irish for yep. what happened, I believe. Um, yeah, huge eye catcher again um, for me. Um, went back through his form. He he started out in Punchestown back in May. Typical intro for a JP horse, quite enough out the back. Um, then next time out, he ran behind uh, another cork winner there, Hidden Valley Lake. Um, took the eye out there again, tender handling, coming home. And then similar similar story on Sunday. Uh, handbrake was definitely on, I would say. Um, he's got his handicap mark now. Uh, be interesting to see what they do give him, but um, there's definitely a big pot on him later on in the season. But uh, could be one over Christmas at Limerick, possibly, if the mark's right. But... Um, definitely worth watching again. Um, massive, massive eye catcher. Yeah, for the English in me, I pronounce that Kadathala, but uh, Kad- Kad- I don't know how you did it, but yeah, Kad- Kadathala. Cole Murphy, Simon Torrance was on board, finished fifth in that Arctic Brezel uh, maiden hurdle at Cork. Fair enough. Derma, I wanted to mention to you, uh, Dusart was obviously running on the Friday at Cheltenham. I think, you know, obviously they won the race with Captain Morgs, but 
Yeah, Dusart's a horse I've always had mountains of time for. That was a very flat run, and I, perhaps they just threw it in. Just no races for more offences, Nicky said. No races for more offences. Not a race to be found, he said. Well, he's right at the moment, but generally, he's not. He's a three months to run him. I just mean there's no races on. What was wrong with the Cup two weeks ago? Yeah, nothing, nothing at all. Yeah. He's um well he's an odd man he's a he's an odd man at the moment isn't he in his latter stages of his uh, training career is Nicky Henderson about what he does with his horses but that looked to me like a bit of sensible placement to go and get a bit of confidence boost and the horse ran flat anyway. Yeah, it's a strange one. Uh, I don't understand what's going on there. Dusart should be running, but uh, there was a few comments over the weekend like I heard heard the mention of Honeysuckle going for the mare's hurdle as well. Like that's if, bonkers too. If she's not good enough to go for champion hurdle, just. She, was retire her after the Irish champion hurdle. Don't be sending her over for for a mayor's hurdle. She's won that already. But do start as well. It just really annoys me. I've I've stuck up for Nicky Henderson more than most now. And then I think other trainers like Alan King, as Paddy Paddy Aspel said on this podcast, gets away with murder. A lot of trainers pull their horses out. Paul Nichols was happy to have a a rant about other trainers, and then he he, he cries off and pulls all his horses out in the third day of of Cheltenham. Um, so. They all, they're all at it, but Nicky Henderson, it, like like not being able to find a race for Dusart off a mark of 155, that is a handicap mark that a horse as good as him can take advantage of. It's just lazy. It, it, that's all it is. It's just lazy, um, and it's nonsense. Uh, Dusart is a horse who's more than good enough to win a good one, but by the time he gets his chance to, I, I don't know, he could be 15 years old, couldn't he? <laughs> yeah. Well, veteran chases will come around <laughs> Yeah, they will, they will. Um, Come around soon Yeah, no, he's a horse I have a lot of time for. They won the race anyway with Captain Morgs. And um, yeah, I I would have preferred to have seen something a bit better from the horse. Um, yeah, he's on my not sure list now, which is a shame because whatever race he would have gone for, I would have been very keen. But okay, all right. Look, that's a little bit of the weekend um, that passed. And there wasn't too much action, of course, Chant on Friday and a bit of cork on Sunday. We did see some very good horses out. Hopefully more to come in the weekends ahead. And we just hope that this uh, Sub-Zero stuff uh, moves on for a while. Okay, let's have a bit of fun on here. So, Dermo, you put a tweet out on the race hour uh, during the week about best ever festival rides, and you teed it up by saying that yours was Paul Carberry with Belvana. Uh, why that one, Dermo? Uh, I just I adore this ride. Always have. Now I I'd like to to think I I backed a second, so it it took me a few years to uh, to properly admire it um but <laughs> i love the, the thing for, for a few reasons is that i love the arrogance of um i love the arrogance of paul carberry in that it's not any jockey that he allows to kick on there you know he he allows barry garrity to kick and doesn't bother following him even really um he just tracks his way through to have the arrogance and the thought process that you know what I, barry garrity has got this wrong i'm right here and I'm going to sit and sit and sit and then make my move between the last three. It's just mesmerizing to me. Um, and the absolute genius, obviously, he did that loads of times in his career, Paul Carby. But to do it on the biggest stage of them all, uh, the last race of the festival, oh, it's just I just think it's the best ride there has ever been at Cheltenham. Um, just for all those reasons, that wasn't a young lad that he allowed kick. It was Barry Garrity. And to have the arrogance to do it and to have the gumption to go through and and follow through with it, yeah. You know, I just think it's the it's the greatest Shell and Festival ride of all time. It it was special, and he's a man that will feature in many people's uh, memories of great races and great finishes and great rides at at the Cheltenham Festival. Yeah, it was um, 
2012 that was, wasn't it? Final race of the meeting as well. So at least if you didn't back it, you left thinking you saw something special, Dermo. That'll, that'll be a, yeah. a thing for, for some people. It's yeah. been replayed a million times, of course. And uh, and Paul Carberry will be on many people's list for, for many a race. Gary, I think Paul Carberry features in, in your thoughts for the best ever at Cheltenham. Yeah, most certainly. Um, I think the, the trap people tend to fall into here is... Uh, best ride it doesn't always have to be the winning ride and um, I don't think you'll see a better ride around Shetland than Paul on Archibald um, when he heartbrokenly got beaten in the in the champion hurdle probably one of the best champion hurdles in recent years um, yeah he gave the horse every single chance he could and I don't believe any other jockey could have got Archibald as close to a champion hurdle win as he did Certainly no one left as late as him. It was a ball to steel ride, still taking a, a tug up the hill. Um, horse obviously let him down and he came in for a bit of abuse after, but it's got to go a long, you look a long time to see a better ride than that from me. It was just poetry emotion until the last hundred yards. But what can It you was pr- pretty ridiculous. I was still on the lawn at Cheltenham that day, 2005, I think. And, um, it was like watching a finish in slow motion for one jockey and everyone else fully under the pump. Uh, Connor O'Dwyer wins the race on how to use this, and I'm sure everybody's seen this a thousand times. But I celebrated Hartjebald winning the race 50 yards from the line as they run past me, and like this too easy, it's too easy, it's too easy. I think is what I was shouting, and then, and then and then in disbelief afterwards that it didn't happen. I think there's a bit more to the story though, Gary, in that after this race. I think he followed instruction, which was never, ever do that again from, from Noel Mead. I could be getting bits of this wrong, but like never, ever do that again. And then he went and got beat trying to do something else on the horse after that. And, uh, and then I think he told Noel Mead, never tell me how to ride a horse ever again. But I, I, I'm pretty sure I've butchered that. But I think that's the story, Gary. Yeah, I think that would have been Punches Town after and uh, he got before that basically kicked. He kicked a lot sooner and Archibald curled up and uh, got beat a lot further. So he was proved right, but um, yeah, some balls he ride. Yeah, because he followed up then, I think, winning at Cheltenham at Christmas on the bridal beating into Sky Falcon, doing exactly what he usually did. There was always some fascinating rides with uh, Hutchie, but one of my favourite horses in training for sure. And like you said, it doesn't have to be a winning ride. That is a ride of, of masterful um, excellence, but at the same time, got beat. So it's pretty, yeah, it's a pretty tough one to take. Uh, Darren, give us your one. Yeah, I will just say on Carberry, uh, one of the great men, um, not just in racing, but but uh, on planet Earth. Uh, I had the pleasure of spending no a, a weekend in his company last year, did a couple of preview nights in a row with him, and uh, a, a genuinely pleasant individual and also tremendous fun to be around. Um, I suppose when you talk about the best rise of Cheltenham, look, this list honestly could be the length of your arm 10 times over. Uh, I think a lot of components go into it. Uh, I do think... Uh, one that the best rides probably do have to be a winning ride. Uh, I can see the argument for there not having to be one, but I think if you're going to talk about the best rides we've had at the, at the course, I think there are enough brilliant winning ones that you know to, to consider them the actual best ride. It probably should be a winning one. Uh, I think whether the horse should have won or not, because I think you know a lot of horses get good rides that they you know they were probably the best horse in the race. Uh, so so it was compounded, but. I always think maybe a horse that shouldn't have won or on another day wouldn't have won only for the excellence in the saddle. Uh, that that brings it up the list. And then the magnitude of the race, I think, also helps as well. 
Um, so look, York Hill was high on my list for a couple of these. Uh, I thought, especially the the, the, ba- the Neptune as it was at the time. What's now the Ballymore? Uh, Ruby going up the inside the whole way. Basically, wrote the arse off Barry Garrity. That is that's meant to be a pun in the metaphor. It's not actually literal. Um, mm-hmm. You know, my neighbour Paul Flynn <laughs> on What's Up Boys. Uh, I thought he was uh, he gave a particularly good ride in the Carl Cup back in two thousand. But the one I came down on was Lord Windermere who won the Gold Cup in 2014. And I'd say there isn't another Gold Cup in the last 50 years that that horse would have won. And he arguably shouldn't have won this one either. Um, look what Davy did. Uh, it takes incredible courage because if and when it goes wrong, and as it did the following year, which wasn't Davy's fault, the horse is just a pig, um, you get raked over the cold sort Like he rode the coldest ride I've ever seen anyone ride to Cheltenham. The horse was barely interested enough to go out on both circuits. I'd say he was at least eight, 10 lengths off the back for probably 90% of the race and then even when he had to navigate forward he had to be at his very very best Davy in the saddle and at his very strongest you know I remember Patrick saying last year about his fondness for the dark arts on a few occasions um best example of that probably is seeing Vauban getting beaten by Pied Piper and there was more of a whiff more than a whiff of Avada Kedavra about his Lord Windermere right here as well he, he gave David Casey enough room to ride forward and on his own but just about and he pretty much carried Lord Windermere up the hill, uh, holding off on his own. And I think the great, they're the giant bolster. Uh, look, he was 28 to 1, so he wouldn't have made too many friends in the starting price. But I thought that was a genuinely exceptional uh, effort from the saddle. And that's, it's my best ride ever from Cheltenham, anyway. Well, I mean, I think the only people that would have backed Lord Windermere would have backed it the year before. And that's why they just stuck with him in a gold cup after that. Yeah, yeah, just, yeah. Everything was wrong with the horse. Everything was wrong with the stable. Everything was it wrong. It was a sow, an yeah. absolute sow. And the fella training them wasn't much use either. But I mean, that's neither here nor there. He's a few Cheltenham winners on his CV, but that's about it. Yeah. That's hey, Man Spring Hill won that year. Both of them won that year. For uh, They did. Yeah, right. Robbie McNamara on, two, um, two, on two, Hill. two runners at Cheltenham that year. And he 28 to 1 and 16 to 1 winners. Yeah. 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 And you wonder if he, if he doubled them up. You'd hope so. Um, that, I, I remember that that race being all about, you know, the photo was ridiculously tight. It should have probably been uh, kicked out in the stewards, Darren. You don't think? Obviously, oh, I'd, I'd say, oh, like, geez, there's a definite argument for it. I think Davy towed the line. And you know what? If it was done today... I'd say there's a stronger chance he'd have been chucked out, but you know things were a little bit more lenient. That's that's gonna it's up. He it's wiped the floor as well. Remember uh, on Channel Four in the stewards' room, Davy really was brilliant as well. That's in, right. Yeah, Chairman, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Argued David Casey under the table. Yeah, and there was. I, I think the stewards were just dumbfounded by Davy's responses. That I, I just. I think he was brilliant all all around the race course that day. And I think the wise. He's a lovely demeanor. They were very classy. They did. They never appealed the result when they probably could have. Yeah, uh, yeah. Graham and oh, they could have. Yeah, 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 yeah. Proper racing folk uh, involved in that. Davy has that wonderful way of explaining something to you in a way that doesn't make you feel like he's kind of standing over your lack of uh, expertise oh, and yeah. knowledge. But this also he's a black guy. He's a black guy. You know, and I, I think that, that's an endearing term where he's from. And basically, I oh, know. I get yeah, that. It's just you yeah. know. He's an old rogue and he has a smile on his face and I'd say you just go, ah, he's all right. And then afterwards you go, ah, no, he, he stole my watch. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't this the guy that punched that horse? I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, um, he's a proper proper horseman anyway. And uh, yeah, that is that is one of the most incredible finishes to a Gold Cup and a winner that was so hard to find if you'd seen anything of the horse in the previous 12 months and uh, Bar Cheltenham of course and, and that was a very good race on his, yeah, yeah. On, on his own was second Giant Bolster was third he was a regular in the Gold Cups of course Silviniaco Conte you, you know just doesn't 
Appreciate that, Hill. Bob's worth, uh, Bob's worth of course, was six to four favourite for the race. Yeah, it was good. It was a decent one. Um, and yeah, and Lord Windermere came out on top. Uh, Darren, you mentioned one that I, I probably have to, I probably have to put up. And this comes from a punting perspective, and also it's just one of the most remarkable finishes you'll ever see at Cheltenham Festival. And that was that was what's up, boys. I think you said it was two thousand and five. Two thousand? No, two thousand. Two thousand. Oh, two thousand. Sorry, it's going all the way back there. So yeah, I was at Cheltenham um, that day and fancied what's up, boys. And about halfway round, I can see that you know it's under the pump with Paul Flynn. And it's got absolutely no chance. And then to make it worse, and Barry Geraghty actually features in getting beat in quite a lot of these races. So uh, how many winners could that man have had if it wasn't for all these great rides uh, coming and pipping him? But he was on Native Dara. And as he jumps the last, like he's on the bride, he has a look behind him, there's nothing coming. And then, But little did he know that Paul Flynn had been rowing away for a, the best part of two and a half miles on an absolute staying um, machine, which ended up being What's Up Boys. And it just came with a wet sail. You won't see a horse finish quicker than that, I don't think, at the Cheltenham Festival. I mean, do you remember that, Gary? Do you remember how fast he came up the hill that day? Yeah, it was an unreal finish. Uh, a mate of mine actually owned Native Dara. So, um, oh, my God. Yeah, tough okay. one to take. I think Gary, he was only starting out. Now he gave it a he gave it a peach of a ride, kicked when he should have. Um, there's just not, not, not an awful lot you can do when a horse comes out of the clouds like that. But, yeah, it was heartbreaking for connections. Yeah, I don't think you could re-ride the race on Native Darren still win anyway, just because of the way What's Up Boys finished. All right, you gave him a target, maybe. If you didn't give him a target um, to go and chase at that. But the horse absolutely flew home. And, you know, uh, after time here, I'd back the horse on the tote 79 to 1, I believe he returned, and someone can go and check that, and 14 to 1 uh, to place. And I was convinced the night before that he had a great chance. He had one bit of form at Sandown prior to that, that uh, in a grade two that perked my... Uh, Pet my interest. But I was just looking for a price. I think it was 33s on the day. And that was that was pretty remarkable. But I just don't think you'll ever see a horse finish as fast as that. Um, we did get some shouts, Dermo, from the Twitter machine, of course. Um, Michael Nugent put up Wichita Lyman. Everyone always puts up Wichita Lyman, but I absolutely hate that race. Um, again, from a... <laughs> <laughs> From a punting perspective, uh, I was all over Maljama. I was convinced I had the winner. I knew I had the winner. I'd, I'd worked out the form enough times. I'd seen enough of these Ultima handicaps, as I call them, uh, to work out who generally wins them. And Maljama was my bet. And then you see this. And Wichita Lyman had no right to win. It's an race. unbelievable ride, yeah. It's an unbelievable ride, yeah. It is, but I oh, no, just... Everyone always talks about it. it. Just puts a horrible feeling in my stomach, and uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't like it. So, Michael Nugent, thanks for that. It was one of the greats. AP McCoy is one of the greats. Uh, just as a side story to that, I also hate Mountain Tunes because I backed Crispin that day, and the Mountain Tunes because it was the the, the record breaking ride. There's another one of AP McCoy's ones that just makes me feel a bit sick. <laughs> and not great man, anyway. um, yeah. Okay. Which the lineman? Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, Tommy Kennedy mentioned York Hill uh, in that JLT, and he gives a bit of context because you know they were having weren't they all talking about that time that Willie Mullins's gallops were wrong and everything was wrong at the yard demo? Is that, is that what it was? Yeah. Tommy Kennedy says here, given the context of the week, it was unreal. I doubt any other jockey would have won in him. A total dog of a horse, too keen, bad jumper, and pulling himself up in front. And to add context to that, Ruby Walsh rode this horse with balls, and it was unbelievable considering the week that they were having. They were having an awful, awful That's week. Uh, two really bad days, and Ruby goes out and rides York Hill, a horse who never really did anything after, apart from, I think he won a, was it an either he won for Sandy Thompson or something? But <laughs> Yes, it was. You know, but <laughs> bar that, this horse did nothing again afterwards. It was. It was a truly brilliant ride as well. 
Uh, open question, Darren or Gary, you can come in. Your kill was a dog, wasn't he? I mean, uh, all the ability in the world, but did not enjoy racing. Yeah, complete rubbish. and utter. Um, yeah, like as in he he got out of his way not to win the race. Um, yeah, he really was. Uh, it's funny they haven't run him since he won that race in Newcastle. I suppose I hope he's having a happy retirement because geez, he broke an awful lot of hearts. Um, just on this Cheltenham thing and and, and riding Cheltenham and best rides and all the rest of it. Uh, one thing I would yeah. encourage people to watch is on YouTube. It's free. I don't know how it's free because you could charge money to watch it. Is Ruby's course walk around Cheltenham with Lydia last year? Two oh, years ago. Very yeah, it is, I watch yeah. it every year, and without fail, you pick up something new every single year. I'm sure most people have seen it. If you haven't, it's on YouTube. Genuinely, take 45 minutes, make a cup of tea, and enjoy it. It is, honestly, it's the best thing on YouTube by a country mile. You're putting Ruby's ride around the course with that horse up there above some of the rides that we're talking about. But, yeah, no, I would agree. Well worth watching. Well worth watching, indeed. Um, yeah, York Hill, I just want to give a shout-out to Gar- Gavin Garrity, who some will remember from the race hour. Always used to think York Hill was the second coming. I always used to tell him he was a rogue. <laughs> And uh, you were you were both right in the end, really. To be fair, well, he was right about the ability. I was right. He about won enough races. I uh, did. He was very good. He, did. he won two. He was very good. Wanted to tell them to be fair, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, we got to talk about something a bit more recent because Marty Morgan on um, Twitter um, made the point that Danny Mullins on floor and Porter, and it is a times two, has to be hard to beat. That horse probably shouldn't have won uh, a stairs hurdle but has won two for all the reasons in his head that he's not that mad keen about winning races and then to go and do that Danny Mullins got the ride by accident as well Dermano yeah Johnny Moore poor old Johnny Moore got yeah. injured and was um, he was past fit but the morning of the race he just thought he wasn't quite as fit as he wanted to be and passed the ride on uh, I'd say it absolutely broke his heart and uh, Danny Mullins took over and as they say the, uh, the rest is history yeah yeah, another one of those that I, yeah, makes me feel a little bit sick in my stomach because I always fancy something else and he goes and does... It was just a way to get his arm so far over to make sure that uh, the horse couldn't think of running out. It, it was. It, it was a truly brilliant ride. That, that really was last yeah. year, yeah. Danny Mullins, one of the, the very best um, set infractions and doing things at the front of the clock and got an, uh, an, a willing and an ideal partner, really, in Florent Porter for all that he's an absolute rogue. Uh, Jamie Benson, of course, from the Toad said that if we mention William Hel- Henry, uh, he's going to be sectioned. But sorry, <laughs> Jamie, I've just only read your tweet. I'm not going to go too deep into it. Um, Nico de Boynsville. Uh, getting that one done. Fair play to him. Uh, talk about side de Berlay. I mean, Gary, I'll come to you on this. Barry Garrity features actually getting beat a couple of times in some of these races and, and he probably did do nothing wrong as you often, when you lose to one of the masterful rides around the track, you've often done uh, nothing wrong. He had a, a wonderful time though, in those JP colors before his retirement inside of Berlay in the Potemps a couple of times, um, both crackers, weren't they? Yeah. Like the horse done a lot wrong. Um, the first time he won it, um, Gerdy did really earn his fee there. But it did help. He probably had a stone and a half in hand. Um, <laughs> yeah, it so sort of takes away a bit of the shine off the ride. But um, yeah, he done the punt as a turn there. The horse gotten into all sorts of trouble, or he got the horse into trouble. Maybe I don't know what they look at him, um, but he got it up for the punt. Doesn't that's all that matters in the end? Sometimes, isn't it? Yeah, well, if you read the comments, you know, not much room, hampered, then headway, then chase the leaders, then not much room, then stayed on. Fair enough. Um, how do you get so forgotten about the next time round, Demo? You didn't forget. I know that. No, I was all over. I remember, it, I remember Keith Dunn, who was doing the blog, and all he said was, uh, what do people think Sire de Berlay has been at the last year? <laughs> That's all he said. <laughs> and, <laughs> and Sire de Berlay was, he got in there... Uh, 
of a mark in the 150s. I remember I was having a week like uh, Willie Mullins was. I, I'd hit the, the crossbar with Mellon. And I, I, that was the most frustrating challenge I've ever had in my life. Um, yeah. And then Barry Garrity absolutely lifted him home. Um, and it was just one of those brilliant, brilliant rides again by him because David Russell came swinging on the storyteller, I remember, and he looked like he was the winner all ends up. And then literally Barry got, sorry, the Burleo passed him. So, yeah, two brilliant rides and a good ride, a good shout by by Marty. Yep, fair enough. I see um, Scoot McGlynn on Twitter. Scott McG uh, gives Paul Flynn, what's up, boys, Coral Cup? A shout in, in 2000 have to be on side with that one as we've already gone through. Um, what about Mount Ida? That was mentioned by Lloyd Murphy, of course, big friend of the Race Hour podcast. Um, that horse should never have won, like at any stage. <laughs> Probably thrown in, but yeah, like like the the real praise there is Jack Kennedy's perseverance because the horse looked, the horse was 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 out the back of the TV, jumping the wrong way, and Jack Kennedy just just kind of. Yeah, he said afterwards, laughing on racing TV, because he gave Galvin a brilliant ride that year as well. He, he was a man possessed. That's air sure he's a brilliant jockey. But he yeah. said he just kept going, right, I'll do one more fence here. I'll do one more fence and just kind of kept going. And then all of a sudden, she just I started picking off rivals. It was a brilliant ride from a jockey who's, who's just great at that. He's great at kidding a horse into a race. Um, but again, kind of like what Gary said about Sarah Burley, I, I just I think with how much she was thrown in, I'm not sure, to be honest. Yeah, which did the punters a favour because they'd been ripping up slips for sure. I think it went up three to one favourite. Actually, one by six and a half lengths. Like, it wasn't even a difficult one to bring home uh, once once the fences had been negotiated. So, absolutely fair play. Um, what about? Um, well, I mean, then why don't we stick with it with another ride that was similar to that? And it hasn't been pulled up by anyone. Oh, Barry Garrity gets a mention for winning on Bobsworth, um, and that was from uh, Paul Mannion. But Garrity on Champ. Gary, you remember this race? Damn, I don't want to talk to you because the, the heartbreak's going to hurt you. I think. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, yeah, it's going to hurt you. But Gary, the, the champ ride, that ride to beat those two from where it came from is a little bit like What's Up, boys? Uh, this one is one of the most overrated rides. Manning <laughs> um, got dogged it. There's no, no other way to say it. He, he just purely dogged it up the run in. So they the didn't see champ in. coming though, did they? He was, sorry? I didn't see Champ coming, though. He didn't see him coming, and then when he did, he picked up again. It's uh, He's just a rogue, and uh, he threw away that race. Alaho, he stays a lot better now than he did. I, yeah. I, don't, know, I don't know if he, he, he got home there. Um, yeah, I think circumstances played into Gerdy's hands. He didn't. It wasn't a good ride. Um, everyone shouts from the rooftops at it just because of the, the visual aspect of it, but... Um, if if Manella Indo um, just kept a, a straight head, Rachel would have got him home, no bother, and we would be talking about a fast finishing second or third for Champ. So not for me at all, no. So it would be how did he get beat on Champ rather than how did he win on Champ kind of thing. But then maybe Champ got himself beat, didn't he? It would have done. Um, another rogue of a absolute rogue of a horse. Just on him. Hasn't done yeah, go on. How many other trainers would have a horse won that RSA Beating Alaho, Jill Ryanair winner, and Manella Indo, a Gold Cup winner. How many horse? How many trainers would have a horse that won that RSA and now been a staying herder? In all honesty, <laughs> like it's you, a good you point. answer me that question genuinely. If Willie Mullins trained him and he won that RSA with the strength of that form, would he be staying hurdling now? Not an earthly hope. His jumping though, we all, uh, 
I know, yeah, I know. His jumping was always a problem, to be fair. It was always an issue. Yeah. Well, Even it was. Yeah, he's, he's before that. And I like I just think they the stars aligned that day, Rachel and Paul Town and cut each other's throats and then Champ Champ flew home. Um I, I yeah. I, I that's again, Nicky Henderson really annoying me lately, but that's that that wouldn't be something I'd I'd hang him for now, to be honest. What about should we like what about the worst rides at Cheltenham Festival? I see Stephen Gass, who loves, of course, yeah, of course, loves throwing a you know Steven, a spanner yeah, into yeah, the works. Yeah. yeah, exactly. He says Dickie Johnson next sensation in the 2014 Grand Annual. I have no kind of punting interest in that that I recall uh, being affected by Dickie Johnson in that race, but maybe Stephen does. Um, anyone want to put up a few a few terrors? I've got a couple. Mark, you know, yeah, time, Ellie May, the first, Ellie May, first yeah, time round, beaten up, yeah, uh, yeah. And the reason why that's worth mentioning was his second ride was unbelievable. It was a great ride to, to win the race last year. But the year before, when that the the Willie Mullins other mayor was yeah, Cole Reeve, yeah, jumping right, and he went on the right hand side of the horse and that just um, straightened her up basically, and then the horse went on and won. I thought, yeah, that was that was a shocker in my opinion. Yeah, that's one of those where I was watching the race and I backed Ellie May, and I remember saying just come the other side just just, just, just yeah, hold just, her for a second yeah just literally let's do it now like yeah. do it now no do it now do it the next <laughs> fence no you can just still do it it's there's still time go on no go on do it now okay don't then yeah uh, yeah yeah but then it obviously made amends for it in fairness um what about i was going to mention nico de boinville at this section because you remember him winning the rsa beating whisper when mike bite went for a pint of guinness in the arco bar and then still won um and David Russell's very unlucky not to win that race. But like, I don't know. Is that a great ride by Nico de Boyville to get Mike Bite home that day? Darren? No. Open question. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have said so. <laughs> Thanks, Darren. Let Darren answer this. Yeah, go on. No, go on, Darren. Yeah. I, I wouldn't have said so. Uh, like, okay, look, in fairness, I don't blame him for the horse veering either. Like, but as in, what did he He's do? He's still got the horse up. Yeah, I know. But like, yeah, but like, he just kicked him in the stomach and the horse went on again. Like, as in, you know, I, I think any competent jockey would have. The result would have been the same, like. All right. Well, then here's, I, I the, here's be a the next fan question. Of Nico House, so that's well, there's a follow-up question, right? Because Mike Bite then in a Gold Cup obviously gets beat by Native River, and I think that's an absolutely terrible ride. A little bit like we were talking about Master Chewy earlier on. He Agreed. could have sent Mike Bite on. Yep, and Annie two saved. out. And he's one saved. out yeah like just yeah he could have sent him on and then i think he will win but it was almost like he's mined the horse and everyone says uh, oh sorry this has been said to me not everyone says but this has said to me he saved the horse a little bit and then of course they go and win aintree i couldn't care less about aintree yeah no no, no yeah, Fuck that, yeah, yeah no, i agree no. i agree yeah. yeah no sorry you can't break down a race to the point where nico divine was thinking in the last half mile of that race yeah do you know what the fucking bet for a ball now that's where my mind is half a mile out of the ball <laughs> my mind's on the fucking bet for a ball we won't, we won't leave that behind us here coming up the hill in Cheltenham. don't you worry lads yeah like i think it's actually one of those i think this was an understandable mistake by nico and that i'd say my bite was giving him a great feel throughout the race and he thought right i'll just hang on to him I'll and pick hang this on up. To him. i'll pick this up i'm not yeah, gonna yeah. kick now i'm not gonna kick now and then by the time he goes to kick the ground has got to my bite and my bite can't quite you know pick himself up on it and he's behind a horse that's just that was made of steel like you know like yeah i do oh, he was yeah he was like yeah. I do understand that ride as to how that happened. It's still not a great ride, but I do understand how that happened. Gary, I reckon what's in Nico's head there is what happened the year before when the horse goes veering off, and I just I'll keep him in company. He's cruising along, he's cruising along. He left the Gold Cup behind, Gary. Yeah, totally agree. Um, it's probably one of the most frustrating things for a punter seeing a horse tanking, and instead of the jockey going to win his race, he just farts around and 
Uh, but he would never beside him. You knew he was just going to stay in battle. Uh, yes. He should have just kicked on when he had the chance. Now, he might have came back to the field, but give the horse the best chance of winning. Don't be getting into a battle in that ground with a a, a proper gutsy horse. Um, yeah, poor ride now for me. From a punting perspective, broke my heart, man. I've been back in Mike Bite forever. And uh, and three out, four out, halfway even. There's only ever two horses in the race. Turned into a real jewel, that Gold Cup. And uh, But it was a jewel I was always winning <laughs> until I wasn't. And uh, yeah, Nico, well, you know, got 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 his race at Aintree. Congratulations to um, <laughs> didn't help me. Um, any other like terribles or greats we want to pick out, lads? Barry on Yanworth, probably not great. Um, it was the kind of yeah. The, yeah. the inverse to Ruby on, on York Hill. So you know, maybe it's a bit unfair to say one of the worst ever compared to one of the best. Is ever. it a state or is it a champion hurdle? I no, in the in the Neptune. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, Jesus, no. He was never winning a champion and he was never... Um, it was, it was very hard. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah. No, 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 no. The Neptune, the Neptune. Uh, he, where he went the horse to, became uh, ultimately Dean, massively Dean, disappointing. Dean was all over yeah. that horse actor as well, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Same yeah, as yeah. that, yeah. Yeah, no, the one that they got to mention as well, Dean, uh, was... Uh, we can end this here, we'll move on to the anti-post then, is Ross Hegarty. Uh, said that he wasn't old enough, but looking at videos, JT McNamara's ride on Redove in the National Chase has to be up there. He was a proper ah, rogue. Yeah. I'd say most lads wouldn't have led the horse up, never mind get his head in front. And JT McNamara, God rest his soul, I actually think it's a very good point to finish this on. That was that, and actually T for Tree as well. They were they were two, two of the great Cheltenham Festival rides, really. Yeah, that is actually where I was going to end with Rift of because it was very close to being my, my selection for this. And JT McNamara's ride on that... Um, was remarkable. The, the horse just had to be kidded everywhere. You almost had to not let it know it was at a racetrack. It was running in any kind of race. You just had to pretend it was just out kind of looking at the daisies and checking the grass and stuff. It was one of those, uh, one of those absolute great rides and one with authority as well uh, in the end and very, very classy indeed. So yeah, Ross Hegarty gives that one a shout. I mean, Davey Russell gets a good few mentions. I think Joe Nathan might be the last one there with Maldini's uh, the ride in the potence, but there are so many. And you could probably do a section on this on each jockey and go through them. We've we've killed a few there, but also bigged up a few, in fairness. And um, yes, yeah, some great stuff. Bit of a trawl through memory lane. Thank you to Darren, Gary and uh, Dermo for doing that. And for all the comments, of course, on the Race Hour Twitter. We'll pick a different topic um, for another one of these uh, sometime soon. Okay, at this point then on the Race Hour, we'll take a break. When we come back, we're going to look at the Novice Division uh, for the Cheltenham Festival. And we'll do that shortly. You're listening to The Race Hour, proudly brought to you in association with The Tote. Check out The Tote this jump season and find out what you've been missing. Hello and welcome back to this week's Race Hour podcast brought to you with our friends at bookmakers.co.uk and of course the tote.co.uk all the way through the national hunt season. It's Gary Connolly, Dermot Nolan and Darren Hughes with me here. Um, we spent the first half of the show, of course, doing a quick review and looking at some of the greatest ever uh, festival rides and some of the worst as well. So I hope you enjoyed that section. Um, because we're in uh, sub-zero land in terms of temperatures and the racing is a little bit uh, thin on the ground, unless you're into the all-weather jumpers for bumpers and all that nonsense that's going on um, around the place, even if they can get that on. Uh, we're going to have a look at the novice hurdle division at Cheltenham uh, with my panel here. We're going to kick off with the supreme novices hurdle, of course. Um, now, we've seen um, plenty of these now at the top of the market. There's nothing really to come out of the mix that we haven't seen yet. 
Um, Gary, I might come to you first. We saw Fasal Vega dot up round Fairy House in a hat canter. We saw Jet Powered, who looks um, it, perfectly named, I have to say. We saw Marine National, who probably won't um, run again until Chantler Festival with um, Barry Connell's tutelage. That seems to be the way they're going to go. Irish Point, who was, of course, second in that Royal Bond at Fairy House. Saw Arctic Brezel now getting quotes, but I think only a couple of places. And that obviously ran at the weekend. Uh, Gaelic Warrior, we'll all remember from last year. And I'll stop talking in a second. Has gone and won by 155 lengths on return to the track. So that was pretty interesting. And then, well, you tell me what else lurks in there. What do you like? Yeah, it's, it's going to be boring, but it's tough to look past for Sale Vega, even though the price is, is shocking. Um, like, Five to four, yeah. Yeah, he's he done it well. He done what I expected. There was, it was an absolutely brutal race in behind, but um, I couldn't be entertaining him at that price. Um, Marine National uh, really liked the horse. A worry for me, he's going straight to Cheltenham, particularly how he jumps. Um, that wouldn't be ideal. Um, just having a quick look through the race um, itself. Um, now, in my spare time, I like a bit of French racing. So I had a quick look at some of the uh, the Frenchies that have made us made their way across this side of the IRC. And two that stood out at a price at the moment, um, both Willie Mullins, shockingly enough, um, <laughs> permanent, uh, 33 to 1, plenty of 33 to 1 about on him now. The Donnelly's bottom. Um, oh, he won a cry on Maiden. Um, no, race wasn't great at all, but he won how he liked on the hands and heels. Um, won't going away. Real stamp of a, a jumping horse, this. Um, and trainer does well. He, does, he doesn't rush. He doesn't rush his three year olds at all. So um, the fact he won first time out as well was impressive enough for me. So he's one to just put in the notebook. Uh, I'd expect him out over the Christmas time. Um, yep. Probably that novice hurdle, or the maiden hurdle, that statement fell in last year. I think that could be his aim. And okay. another would be, um, you know, I like French racing, but my French punctuation is shocking. So Quai de Paris will go with um, Mullins for Rich Ritchie. Uh, this one came toward on debut of Compiègne. Um, Big unit of a horse now. Um, Travelled very well into his race. Wasn't knocked about in towards staying on the whole way. Uh, Form the race is very strong. Uh, front two went on to graded company. Diamond Carl, the winner, won a couple of grade threes and placed in a grade one. Um, I've asked around now, see, is he likely to be out this season? Apparently he is. He's working well. Um, apparently he's well taught of in Clan Sutton. So... Just at the prices, um, too, that could be of interest. Um, but, yeah, it's could be playing second fiddle to Fasai Vega, but if he's rerouted one of these and press over Christmas now, they could be shot right to the head of the bed. Love that. K de Paris and Parmenian, and both of them at Willie Mullins's yard, both of them like to run at Christmas. They could be um, springers. And, you know, if the same thing happens that did to State Man, they could be handicap certainties by the time we get to they, they have to run. They, they've actually changed the rules now because of State Man. So they have to run a few more. Ah, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Just for our listeners as well, because we did fail to introduce that. Uh, Gary Connolly is a French racing expert. He's, he's well worth a follow uh, on. On Twitter, he's an all-private club, but his uh, his French racing knowledge, because I work alongside him, is uh, is the best I've ever 
I've ever known anyway. So Parminian, because I've got a few texts about this Parminian. Uh, apparently he's working very, very well down there in close Sutton. Um, so at 33 to 1, he probably is one to keep on side because whilst Willie Mullins might not run them too far beforehand, he will run anything at the Cheltenham Festival. And um, by all accounts, this four-year-old is working very, very well down there. Very good. Very good. Talk to me about top of the market, Demo. What do you like here? I can't see Festival Vega beaten, really, to be honest. Uh, Jet Power looks very good, but some people I see them trying to compare this to when Min and Altior went off and Altior I beat them. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, it doesn't, that doesn't ring true for me. We didn't see a whole lot of Min. We know exactly how good Festival Vega is. I think that bumper last season um, is brilliant. Uh, no, I know. Um, sh- um, uh, man in shocking call that the champion bumper was good. But the, um, the, <laughs> I do think it was, was very strong. Um, I think we've got a very good bunch of novice hurdlers this season. And I just think Vassal Vega, the way that, you know, the American White was all talking about. Now, I know he hasn't done a whole pile this season, but still he's a very good horse. Um, and yep. Vassal Vega buried all them and did it with a consummate ease. And Willie Mullen said after his last run that every few years, a horse like Vassal Vega comes along up and down the gallops. And for a trainer like Willie Mullins to be saying that he had, it's been a few years since he's seen one like Vassal Vega, that says an awful lot. So was by all means, I could not be putting them up at five to four or anything like it. And a jet powered, a Marine national and Irish point. These horses are excellent horses. I just think, um, uh, a horse as brilliant as fast Vega will make all of them look like mere mortals this season. And then next season, I think we'll see when they all go novice chasing, just how good they all are. Um, but I think Vassal Vega is just, he's, he's just a point that is just probably too hard to reach to. Yeah, I understand that. I do understand that. And I made the comparison of the Jet Power, um, Facil Vega, Min, Altior thing. But you're totally correct in that Facil Vega is not Min. Min had holes to be picked in and Altior was going around uh, winning its races in good style and just not getting the recognition it deserved ahead of the Chantler Festival because of the Min connections, the colours, the stable and all that. And Nikki hadn't been banging in Supreme Novice Hurdle winners for a while at that point. Um Jet power does look very good. In any normal year, Darren, you might have a go. Yeah, uh, for sure. I thought his uh, his performance in Newbury was very good. Um, the distance back to the second, and then the distance back to the third, and the distance back from the third to the field would suggest it was a very, very good performance. Uh, obviously, look, there have been a few whispers around before, and they, they look to be proven true. But, like, what's his crack going to be now? Is it like one more run at, what, 10s on in the <clears> novice <throat> hurdle, and then... Nicky Henderson will do another Goldilocks impression and decide he shouldn't run around Chel- Cheltenham on welfare grounds or something ridiculous like that. So, so I like, generally runs him at Cheltenham, like I think. Yeah, if, at the festival, yeah. yeah, at the festival, yeah. yeah. But like, as in, yeah. you know, trying to back him between now and then. And then, to be fair, I think the Marine National decision, Marine National, or whatever, whatever you want to call him, that's one of the most baffling decisions I've ever seen in racing. They might um, change their mind, but I thought it was very weird to say it's great, right? yeah. Absolutely yeah. extraordinary, yeah. yeah. Ever there was a novice hurdler who you'd love to get one more spin into before the white heat on yeah. that Tuesday. Like he he is the picture perfect um example of it. Um yeah, look, I don't have a whole lot to say uh, on on this. I think some of the other novice hurdle markets are a little bit more open than this. Um because like beyond the three that we've mentioned there, uh oh, Gary's given us a couple of darky French ones. So I mean, look, they mm-hmm. they could come out over Christmas. But that but that my point being the betting at the moment is like beyond those three. How, we haven't really seen anything else that that's going to be there thereabouts um in a race like this um yeah so yeah it's it's a bit of a tough one like you can crib the price and i do crib the price but at the same time you're kind of going 
well, unless I'll need to see something else. I need to see the. I'll need to see it pretty quickly before I can uh, yeah. even consider laying the horse at the price he is. Well, okay, let's move on to the the Ballymore. I mean, Facil Vega is also favourite for that, Darren. But um, that's not going to be the target for sure. And then then you get a very interesting race to look at because who goes here? Ah, uh, yeah, glad you came to me first. Uh, we've the best novice hurdler we've seen this year is uh, to the front of the market in this, and it's not Facil Vega; it's Grange Clear West. Okay. Um, hard to recommend a bet. He's shown elements of fragility. But I'm in absolutely no doubt this is a special, special animal. Um, I can't wait for the form of that Navin race to start establishing itself. Kudashiva in second, and Trump Card was fourth, and what was second? The George Gordon horse in the Caldwell Colours. Can't remember the name of the horse that was in second. Uh, but I am. Fittings. That's the one. Thank you very much. Two four-year-olds. I am absolutely convinced. In second and third, two four-year-olds. Sorry, I'm convinced this is a really, really good uh, maiden hurdle. I think arguably the best one that's been run. I decided the Irish Sea this year. Um, I'm not 100% sure where Grange Clare West is going to run next. Like Willie was talking about him being a stay in novice hurdler. Jesus showed no lack of gears uh, in this over two and a half miles. He'll, he'll end up getting three miles in time, but I, I'd be I'd be looking at him as a Ballymore horse um, for, for the time being anyway. Um, and yeah, as far as, uh, for me, he's the best novice hurdler I've seen this year. Okay, Grange Clare West is currently around 7-1 for the Ballymore. Of course, Facil Vega's in there just because it's going to be entered and everything and is at top of the market. But you've got the likes of Gaelic Warrior, Hermes Allen, who we've seen, of course, Marine National, we know is not his target. Um, American Mike, who knows where that'll um, uh, come back or end up. Champ Kylie, who's only let the side down once. Gary, there's, there's probably a punt in here. Yeah, uh, there's a few that caught the eye. Like I just say, I wouldn't be a... Massively surprised if Asiel Vega ended up here. Um, really? It's definitely a possibility, I think. Um, obviously, the Supreme is the main option, but... Yeah, be... ended up here and stuff like that, didn't they? Yeah. 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 Um, off the market, Lingas, um, Gallic Warrior, um, still have nightmares about his boodles last year, but I'm surprised he probably is as big as he is at 10, about um, after that Tremor race. Um I expect him to be a bit shorter. Um, serious performance, you know, he beat... Uh, he beat me with a line, basically, though. Yeah, he beat nothing, but <laughs> he beat nothing very and well. He's not priced up, Gary, like a Cheltenham Festival winner, which effectively was yeah. if they just had, you know, one kind of warm-up spin, they would have won at Cheltenham, wouldn't they? Yeah, and, and plenty of experience. Uh, the track could be an issue. He didn't handle the track very well, but... It was only his first run in over a year. Um, you could probably forgive the inexperience there. Um, I'd like to yeah. out again. Uh, jumping right would probably be an issue as well. So um, be a watching brief next time. If he can correct the jumping, um, he'd be definitely of interest. But he looks overpriced. Um, one slightly down further um, that I like the look of would be Absolute Notions. Um, Gordon Elliott, 33 to 1, seems very big. Um he won the, the Gosland Rover bumper last year, uh, won, won it going away, and Ellie actually came out and bought the second Miss Augusta, which is always a good sign when trainers do that. Um, yeah. He popped up at Punchestown there on debut. Uh, looked in trouble turning in. Um, those two two rivals travelling all over him, but really liked his attitude that day, and he just powered clear up the, over the last, and I think he was well on top of the line. Um just really like the horse's attitude. Um, just seems very hardy, and showed a nice turn of pace in the in the goffs, uh, the bumper race as well. So, 
looks looks a bit of value at 33 is now. Um, he's actually down. He's entered to run in a grade two this Sunday at Navin. Um, we expect him to win that and he'll be half in price. So, um, yeah, he looks the one to side with for me at the moment. Like that, Gary. Thank you very much. Demo, do you make of this? Uh, yeah, I've mentioned him a few times. Uh, the, the best novice hurdle, hurdler I've seen this season is I know the way you're thinking. Um, and I do think that that 25 to 1 or so is just huge for this race. I think he's really talented, really, really good. Um, if, Will he not end up in the longer race? I don't perhaps? think so. No, I think okay. they'll keep him over two for as long as possible. I do think... I think his future lies over three miles, Dean, but I think uh, this season Cromwell will will look after him as much as he possibly can. Uh, Cromwell mm-hmm. is like that. He's he's slow enough with his novices, apart from the likes of Vanillier, who, who who was made of steel, maybe a slightly different type of horse. Um, but I think I know the way you're thinking will end up here. And I just think the performance was absolutely brilliant. But I've got two more, Dean, but actually I think these two will end up just to go on a small bit of a caveat because the lads have covered this race really well. I've got two that I think will end up in the Martin Pipe. Um, two two Irish novice hurdlers. One of them is Joyu Mashan that, that you saw a fairy house. Very good at fairy house. Yeah, yeah Paul Nolan's horse. really good. And do you know who won that race uh, with the same owners? It uh, was uh, a Disco Rama on his way. Um, or sorry, not with the same owners, but the uh, same trainer. Sorry, won that exact yeah. same maiden en route to finishing second that season in the Martin Pipe. I think Joyu Mashan taking handicap this horse in plain sight now they may as well go for all the grade ones and depending on like worst coming to worst they win one <laughs> if not they end up well handicapped and then the other one is in that race behind I know the way you're thinking is a horse called Spanish Harlem of Willie Mullins's that horse was smashed off the boards that day and was beaten I think he'll end up in grade ones now and a horse called Gayard de Maynil was third in that very same race uh, came having won a race at Otoy as well and I think Spanish Harlem could end up being very well handicapped going into the Martin Pipe as well. So Jayu Mashan and uh, Spanish Harlem are the two for the Martin Pipe. But I ha- haven't quite got prices yet for them. But uh, once they are priced up, Dean, I'll be I'll be going in. Okay, okay. I was going to throw one into the mix for the Ballymore that, that I, I do like. And I, I know it got beat at Navin last time, grade three company by Hercule de Soy. But three-car brag for Gordon Elliott, I think, is a, is a smart one. Beat Sandor Clegan at Galway. Uh, back in October, then I just think two miles probably just a little bit too sharp um, for this this jetaway gelding. And three car brag is on my list for something at Cheltenham, and Ballymore does look kind of likely. Um, still a decent enough price as well, around twenty five to one. Uh, Gary obviously pointed out one that might run this weekend. See the price shorten up, and Darren is very keen on what's at the moment looks like could be favourite for this contest uh, when the entries do settle down. That's Glange Care West. Um, okay. What about the potato race, the Albert Bartlett? Um, Darren, Grangeclare West is at the top of that market as well. Hidden Valley Lake around at the weekend. American Mike, Sandor, Clegan, who I've just men- mentioned, who was beaten by three-car Bragg, and that's in the betting too. Um, anything you like for the Albert Bartlett? Sorry, it's, it's a little bit tricky at this time of year for the Albert Bartlett because it just it usually ends up being the ones that are just maybe a touch too slow for the Ballymore. Um, yeah. Like three-car Bragg, he definitely needs to step up and trip, but I'd be hoping he's too good for the Albert Bartlett. Um, he will definitely get yeah. two miles at some stage, but I like I always take a kind of a negative view on the Albert Bartlett. Um, that if you end up there at this stage of your life, you're probably a little bit too slow. Um, and you know any horse that I kind of like, I'm kind of hoping that you know they don't end up there because then I've probably gotten them wrong. So I don't have a massive fancy American Mike probably at the at, at the moment is the one that probably stands out. Um. 
though like his run in Nav in the last eight, it was too bad to be true either. So I wouldn't be writing him off as a, a potato just yet. But uh, yeah, I, I, he I, could I, bounce back and then be a short price for this race, really, couldn't he? Very easily, very, very easily. Mm-hmm. And look, the uh, the Morans aren't afraid to run one in this uh, and run a good one at that. Obviously, very sadly lost. Um, can't remember the name of the horse they lost last year, but he was one of their leading lights. Um, so yeah, look, it's a little bit tricky this side of Christmas for for the Albert Bartlett for me anyway. I haven't seen a horse that I think is an out and out uh, grinder amongst the novice hurdlers that really needs this trip at this stage. Um, but I'm sure one will um make itself obvious in the coming weeks. Yeah, of course, Gary. What do you think about the potato race? Yeah, um, looks looks a very open mark, probably the the most open of all all three of the. The novice hurdles. Um, one that I like could be fair way down the betting lists. Um, we've all been caught. And uh, Nigel Twist and Davis. Um, yes. Ran the point. We won a point to point in Dramahan. Um, it takes a good horse to win one of them, and uh, came out and won his Newbury Bumper. True, uh, a few winners so far looks okay. Um, he made his debut there over hurdles. Um, it, at Cheltenham, he was no match for Hermes Allen. Um, that good Nichols winner um, got out pace coming down the hill, but just really stuck to it well, um, staying on the hallway to the line, similar to his bumper, uh, just really grounded out. Um, I think he's just crying out already for a step up and trip. Um, lovely attitude on him, and I think this race could be right up the street. Um, Twiston Davis, like so Joao de Berry knows what he's doing. Um, he gets a good horse. Um, he'll probably be out one two or three more times before the festival, the way he looks to campaign them. Um, he holds an entry at Ascot on Friday and it goes ahead. Um, yeah, he would have run at the weekend, of course, and um, that was called off. So, yeah, yeah. Um, be good to see him out again. I just think step up and trip, he looks tailor-made for this type of race. Lovely attitude and uh, 40 to 1. That, that'll do for me. Yeah, another good form judge, Gary Connolly, rowing in behind what Fryboy told us as well on the podcast about that horse uh, just a week or so ago, Dermot. Yeah, yeah. Um, I covered that last week and I, I'll i go in again, I'd say. And another one, Dean, just for this race as well, at uh, 33 to 1 or so, is Lisnagar Fortune for uh, Willie Mullins and Dennis Fitzgerald. This horse is really taking in a bumper. Is a half-brother to Lisnagar Oscar. Um, and uh, we know how, how good a stayer that was before he, he really went over the edge into pure insanity. But this horse is for me now looked really talented first time out and um he's one that will probably just keep on improving and he's entered also very very soon to race at navin hopefully the um snow can stay away there over two miles and four furlongs so if that's your starting point in the maiden hurdle you're definitely ending up in the albert bartlett if he's good enough yep fair enough i was going to throw seabank bistro into the mix you might remember i think brian hayes wrote it last year yeah Last yeah, time out the season, uh, didn't it? Did it did over what two five? I think a punches down. Um, probably not in the greatest maiden either. Um, but it was well fancied. Obviously went a four to six, and that's all based on the the bumper form there. I don't. I wouldn't be surprised if that bounces back. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. by walking the park, and they've only got it. It's definitely going to be in one of the staying um, hurdles for novices there, and I'd imagine that's where they'll go. That's a big old price at forties and stuff around for for C Bank Bistro, and you know you'll you'll turn up. Um, hopefully with a live one for Willie Mullins. But there's a lot of work to come and a lot of horses still to run plenty of times before uh, that market takes proper, proper shape. We've all been caught definitely on my list along with Seabank Bisca. Um, let's talk about the triumph because, you know, lossy mouth wins that, Gary. It, it's simple, isn't it? 
You just get blinded by those rich, richy colours, Dino, I think. Uh, I do like him. I do like him on a good one, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, she, she won well. She won well the other day. Um, very short in the betting. Like, I, Zarek the Brave, you could make a case he could turn around the form. Um, really? Watching After watching that? Yeah, yeah, I'd give him a chance okay. to turn around that form. Um, okay. I'd give him a chance. But one slightly down the list... Um, the other side of the IRC, uh, Bow Zenit with Gary Moore. Um, now, one of, the, one of the best juvenile races over in Otoy every year be the pre-Grandax, and this lad won. Won a handy enough uh, four or five lengths, beat um, a horse that won the weekend there for Willie Mullins' blood, Destiny. Yeah. Uh, he looked okay, uh, done what he had to do in the race, but Bow Zenit beat him handy. Um, and... With Gary Moore, uh, he's, he's, he's probably one of the better juvenile trainers, uh, novice hurdlers. He does very well in this race with this type of horse. Um, the stable had Porticello last season, won the same old toy race, and then uh, done, well, done well for the yard last season. Just on the lossy mouths, they actually ran on the same card um, that day, and mm-hmm. Bowles ran it was four seconds quicker than lossy mouths. Um, now, there was a tearaway in front in Bowles Ennett race, so time-wise, you could probably crap it, but on French form, French jumps form, Bowles Ennett would be head and shoulders above Lossy Melt, I would say, and once 20 to 1, once 3 to 1, um, I know who we're yeah. attacking. Yeah, I like love that. that. I really like that. No, yeah. I love that. Yeah. Bowles Ennett then into the mix for the Moors, and of course, they're owed a triumph, aren't they? Um, Goshen, obviously. Um, yeah. The road one. Why not? Why not with Bo Zenith? Okay, well, you've convinced me. I don't really have a lot to throw into the the triumph mix apart from lossy mouth wins, <laughs> so that didn't help much. Yeah, yeah, no. Uh, Gary stole all my homework there on Bo Zenith. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. Uh, no. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm very happy to follow Gary in there, dude. <laughs> yeah, you'd never heard of it. Darren. <laughs> Darren, over to Please, you. I have 500 words written on Bo's Zenith here. Up and smoke. <laughs> Fuck. Jesus Christ. Come to me first in future, please. Um, yeah, yeah, nothing I can say, I'm afraid. Sorry, you've covered it all. What was it you said about that race? Now, Ty, Gary, did you get that right? Which was it, sorry? Uh, Bo Zenith, that race in Ty, that's usually a very good race, isn't it? That's what I've written yeah, down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, 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 it's one of the top juvenile uh, hoarders, so... <laughs> that's exactly what I word for word what I had written down um, which yeah, is just yeah, yeah. when Felix the Giles is on a good one in Otoy you, you need to take note like, well, you'd have to be blind to miss it wouldn't you um, uh, yeah uh, well look that's that's all I have to say I'm afraid the lad stole my thunder um, but uh, yeah probably wins I'd say back it now um, it does sound like a bit of value and that's that's what we're looking for at this time um, okay Okay, I love that. All right, well, look, we've spun through the uh, novice divisions there, and uh, yeah, I enjoyed it actually. I think we found a bit of value. Well, thanks to Gary, let's be honest. I think we might have found a bit of value <laughs> in the markets there. So, uh, yeah, Gary, we'll have to get you back on uh, sooner rather than later so you can educate us. Actually, Gary and Fry Boy would be good. That'd be quite a decent mix on here. Um, right. So I think that's this week's race hour demo. Unless there's anything else, race hour is back on Sunday night. We will have a podcast, of course, towards the end of the week um, with Jamie Benson from the Tote as well. Yeah, yeah. So hopefully the racing's on. If not on, obviously we just won't. But uh, hopefully the 
racing does get to go ahead because going forward we will have an anti-post section in this podcast on a Tuesday as well but uh, for the moment obviously we're just not sure what's on or what's not on so we'll leave that out this week yeah, fair enough. All right. So me and you will try and crack the uh, the tote guarantee place put this weekend. We'll have Jamie yeah, Benson. We got really close last week, didn't we? <laughs> Closest we got, you mean? <laughs> nice, nice, nice. Yeah, when they don't run, as, as Jamie said on the podcast, as we does increase our ROI. Yeah. Uh, fair enough. All right. Well, my thanks then go to Darren Hughes, Gary Connolly, and Dermot Nolan. You've been listening to this week's Race Hour, of course, brought to you with our friends at bookmakers.co.uk and the tote.co.uk. Fingers crossed the temperatures rise and we'll be back racing soon. You've been listening to The Race Hour, brought to you by bookmakers.co.uk, your best bet for tips, news and bookmaker reviews.